The prophet Samuel was searching for a new king. The old king, King Saul, had angered God, and God wanted to dethrone him. God told Samuel where to find the new king. After some confusion, Samuel finally found the shepherd boy, David. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Rama. Uh, hello? Oh, well, and so David returned to his sheep. Some time later, King Saul was still in power, but in the meantime, he had lost his mind. <laughs> then some of his servants had an idea. Let's search for someone who can play the liar. This will put your mind to rest and cheer you up. One of the servants suggested David, and Saul immediately summoned David to the court. Saul quickly liked David very much, and his music actually did help Saul. Wait, we're not finished yet. Things continued like this for some time, until one day a Philistine giant was mocking Saul's entire army on the battlefield. The story is relatively well known. David came along by chance, heard the mocking of the giant, decided to confront him in battle, and with God's help and slingshot, he defeated the giant. Everybody was besides themselves with excitement, and after a few more victories, Saul finally made David the commander-in-chief of his troops. Stop! There's more. Among the people, David was soon more popular than the king. Of course, the king did not like this one bit. One day, when David wanted to play the lyre to calm the king who was having a fit of raving madness, the king tried to spare him. David was able to move away, but there was a crack in their relationship from then on. David successfully won many battles for the king and became more and more popular among the people, but more and more hated by the king. After some time, things got so bad that David had to flee. He went into exile. And slowly but surely, an army formed around him. Saul's army relentlessly pursued David and his men for a long time and tried to kill him. Without David as the commander-in-chief, the Philistines were finally able to defeat Saul's army and to avoid being arrested, Saul took his own life. <sighs> Thereupon, the men of Judah anointed David as their king, but only the tribe of Judah stood behind David. It was only after seven and a half years that the battle between Judah and Israel finally took place. And at its end, David finally became king over all of Israel. It is estimated that from his calling until his actual crowning, about 20 years passed by. Now we've finished. Wow, what a story, hey? You could like make a movie about that. So that's, that's, that's in the Bible if you want to read about it in First, Second Samuel. And I want to just also welcome everybody watching online. So good that you have tuned in. I believe this message is for your life as well. So it's so glad, I'm so glad that I can finish this series. Who was blessed by this Rooted series? Anybody? Anybody? Two, three? Thanks, 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 thanks. One over there. Fantastic. Um, 
I was, definitely. I was. We're going to conclude this series where it's about being rooted in God. We are like this seed. And God put so much potential, so much goodness, so many great plans, so many gifts in our lives. But in order for them to grow, we need to be rooted in a good soil. And then we can grow. And we basically, now we are at this stage when we bring fruit. How awesome is it to finish that? Because who wants fruit in their life? Who likes fruits? I like fruits. So we're going to look at that today. And David... You know, David, he's, it's crazy. David had the prophecy of being a king around the age of 10. Like at the age of 10 or something like that, he would hear from somebody who says, you're going to be a king. And like somebody put a seed into his heart. I'm like, you're going to be a king. I'm like, what should I do with that seed, you know? But he said, all right, I'm just going to stay rooted. I'm just going to be faithful in God, with whatever God has called me to do. I'm rooted is, a, is a sim, like a symbol of saying, I'm, I'm like there where God wants me. I'm in the Word of God. I'm in His presence. I'm in His plans. His agenda is my agenda. That, that's being rooted in God. And David stayed rooted in God. And that helped him to grow his character. That helped him to grow his potential. And eventually, it helped him to get to the place where God always wanted him to go. And let's quickly look at that verse in 2 Samuel 5, verse 1. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel and you will become their ruler. Now, have a look at that. You will shepherd my people. David was a shepherd. And he was faithful being a shepherd already after he knew, like even though he knew that God called him to be a king over a nation. And that reminds me about something. The Bible says, if you're faithful in the little, he can put you over more. And he was faithful in the little, but that little prepared him for the more. It's the same, but it's just a bit different, you know? But you will shepherd my people. Before you shepherd the sheep, you will become their ruler. And when all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel. What a great moment when suddenly you realize what God has put into my life, suddenly I see it come to life. Suddenly I see it in my life. All the, the prophecy that I heard, all the gifts that I feel like God has put in my life, I see them being outworked in real life. How good is that? Who wants to be there? I want to be there. I want that in my life, right? Amen. You know, we are called to bear fruit. Now you can say, all right then, you know, they're they anointed him. Surely that he was, he was like, that was a certainty that he would become king. That he will be king. You know, I want to tell you, if you look at the tree, like an apple tree. An apple tree seed is being purposed to bear fruit, apple fruits. But just because it's being purposed, anointed, whatever called for, 
doesn't mean it automatically bears fruit. All the hobby gardeners, they know that, amen? It takes good soil. It takes being rooted. So even though sometimes people receive amazing prophecies, even though sometimes I hear people, they hear they're being, they were anointed, they are anointed to do amazing things. God has entrusted them with amazing potential. But they're not rooted in God anymore. And they're not reaching their potential. It's, it's a sad thing. It's not a given. This is so essential. Being rooted. So anyway, I just want to quickly have that, had the turn because I think it's important because sometimes we, we think that the prophecies are just guarantees. But they're not just guarantees, but that's basically God's plan. And that can happen if we stay rooted. But we are called to bear fruit. We read that in John verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. God wants that you bear fruit. Let me tell you again, He wants that you make a difference. He wants that you stand out. He wants that people look at your life and think, like, oh man, there's so many fruits in your life. There's so much good thing coming out of your life. Like when there is a tree bearing a lot of fruit, it stands out in the village, you know. Like uh, my fig tree, man, he bears so, many, so much fruit. We call to stand out. We call to bear fruit. My question to you is, do you see fruit in your life? Do you see? Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Yeah, I hear that. You know, for some people, this is an amazing chapter. Finally, we talk about fruit. Fruit salad. Some other people think like, oh, this is not cool because suddenly what was unseen becomes seen and what is seen is not nice. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, we read, but their fruit you will, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. It's like, you know, we're called to bear good fruit. And, but it's not just always the given. My question is, in your life, do, do you see that? And interesting, it says, to bear fruit, we are called to bear fruit that lasts. So what does it mean? It doesn't mean just material things. So when I say, do you see fruit in your life? I don't, I'm not just meaning material things. I mean, like, what, what do you see? Do you see healthy relationships? Do you see a lifestyle of forgiveness? Do you see a lifestyle of joy? Do you see a lifestyle of generosity? What do you see in your life? You know, the, the fruit of the, the Holy Spirit, that's, that's a part of it. When we root it in God, the Holy Spirit has so much room, all the good fruits of the Holy Spirit, they come out. Do you see joy in your life? Do you see peace in your life? Do you see kindness in your life? You know, sometimes kindness is being overlooked, but, you know, kindness is like love is kind. You know, personally, sometimes I'll, I look back at my life and I think like, all right, have I, done the, have I made the right decisions in life? Have I made the right decisions? Have you ever asked that yourself? 
Have I made the right decisions in life back then when I was 16 and I thought, you know what, God, you can have it all? Have I made the right decision when I was 21 and I was in Sydney and said, you know, God, I could go back to business, but if you do call me to full-time ministry in church, I'm open because I can serve you anywhere, but whatever you want to do. To have that open check, open book. Did I make the right decision when I said, I'm going to stay faithful in church even though I didn't feel like it all the time? Did I make the right decision to choose and, and stay faithful to my wife? Did I make the right decision? And then I'll look at my life and I realize, you know what, I see good fruit. I see good fruit. I love my wife. She loves me. <laughs> Amen to that. I, have, I love my kids and they love me. I have some good friends in my life and they like me and I like them. I see people getting to know God in my life. I see people flourishing in my life. I can make a difference in other people's life. All right, this is awesome. You know what I mean? You know, you could think now, all right, shippers, I need more joy in my life, better relationships. Oh my goodness, this is tough. I need now to bear this good fruit. And you put all the energy back into bearing fruit. Can I tell you one thing? A tree is not being focused, oh, I need to bear that fruit now. The focus goes into, I need to stay rooted. It's all in the presence of God. I need to be in the Word of God. I need to spend time with Him. His agenda is my agenda. His plans are my plans. That's being rooted and the fruit is the result of it. So let's not be, you know, back, kind, of, kind of thinking like, all right, back to striving for fruit. It's not about striving. God brings the fruit. Our job is to stay rooted. Amen to that? How good news is that? Hey, maybe, maybe you stayed rooted in your life. And you, maybe you're seeing like, all right, the, all the fruit, I don't see them yet. But let me tell you one thing. I've never seen somebody being in the presence of God, being in His Word, being faithful to His calling, being in the church, serving others, and not eventually bear good fruit. It will rub off on you. It will. That was for somebody here. Amen. Let's look at quickly at three fruit that we've seen in, in the life of David. You know, there was, obviously you can say the fruit was that he reached his potential and became king. That was one fruit. But there was a lot more when you look closely. For example, the story of Mephibosheth. So just to give you a quick um, context. When he became king, the old King Saul and all his people, the, basically the custom was that They all had to die. And they did die, not just because of David killed them, but they did die because of the wars. But one day, David thought, is there still anybody of the household of Saul? Because I promised Jonathan, the son of Saul, that I will look after his descendants. And he like looked around in the, in the country and then he found somebody. He was crippled and he said, get him to the king place getting to the palace and he the Mephibosheth he was so super afraid because he would think like all right I'm gonna get killed right now but David showed kindness to Mephibosheth when nobody was holding him accountable to his promise he was faithful when it didn't bring him any 
benefit. There was nobody of the old family who said, David, don't you forget? You know, like, nah. He just, he knew that like, he was so rooted in God, in his, in his identity, he knew who he was. And that's why he was able to show kindness and mercy to somebody that he had no obligations to. And it was not, like, not even, like nobody saw it. When we're so rooted in God, we can do things even when nobody sees it. Because we're not here for the spotlight. When we are rooted in God, we can be thankful for God. Look at, look at, look at David. Like, that was crazy. So, there was this, this Ark of the Covenant where the Ten Commandments were in it. And there was the presence of God so, so strongly in it. And David realized, I need to bring that Ark of the Covenant back into town because where God's presence is, there is a blessing. So he made all the effort to get it back into town. And when it finally was back in town, he was dancing like a crazy young child. Like Rio de Janeiro, not much clothes on at all. And his wife looked down on him for that. And then he would, she would come up to him and say, what have you done? You ridiculed, you ridiculed, you made a fool of yourself. And he said, you know what? I did that for God because all I am is because of God. When you are rooted in God, you, you can have the biggest success in life, but you always know where the success comes from. And you always give back the glory to God. You're always thankful. You know, like sometimes we're in worship and especially when you have been saved maybe for 10 years, 20 years, and you're like, all right, we're back in worship. You know, like I've seen it. Sometimes I have to tell myself, you know what? Where you are right now is a gift of God. It's not because of your goodness, it's because of His goodness. And you, you start, like, start realizing, all right, I, I got to praise like, like newborn, like freshly saved, you know? And that's what King David did. It was a fruit of thankfulness in his life. And the last fruit in my last 10 minutes, glory to God, um, was the fruit of the next generation. And I want to highlight on that because I feel like this is a word, especially for us. It's a word for us online. It's a word for us in here. Uh, because David had a big dream in his life. He wanted to build the temple of God. And, but he realized for many reasons, he's not going to do it. But just because he realized that he's not going to do it, didn't mean that he didn't want to do anything in his power to make it happen. Because it was not about his glory, but about God's glory. And he had a lot of fruit in his life. Material fruit. Um, character fruit. He reached his potential. And he could, he could think like, all right, let's just enjoy it myself. Mmm, it's nice, eh? You know, the, it's my fruit because I'm rooted, you know? It's all, you know, I can enjoy it. <laughs> Sorry. But the, no, neither. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, in our fruit that God graced us with because we stayed rooted in Him, when you open it up, oh, 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 hold on, hold on. This is awesome. Here we go. It's the seed of the fruit of the next generation. 
And that seed is not meant for our life, but for the next generation. And we get to choose if we want to invest it into the next generation or waste it on ourselves. Let's quickly look at that. First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 5. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house of, to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. He had no benefit of it. The only benefit is was like, you know what? I can be a blessing for the next generation. I can be a blessing for somebody else. He was blessed with material blessings, material fruit, with character fruit, with purpose. But then they realized, I'm blessed to be a blessing. You know, in our lives, the fact that we are here is because of the fruit of other people that went before us. Of the sacrifice of being rooted in God and, 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 and believing in faith for what we see now is our reality. We walk in the fruit of our ancestors, of the people who went before us. Let's never forget that. Let's never forget that because that's such an important thing in life. You know, my question is, who invested, who, who invested into your life? What is the fruit that you maybe now are enjoying that somebody else bared because they stayed rooted in God? I remember my dad. There was a picture with, with, I took of him because he told me, let's go for lunch four times a year. You choose the restaurants. I pay. And I said, I'm in. Because he just wanted to spend some time. Because he realized now I'm a... <laughs> I'm a busy guy and said, how can I get that? Food. Um, but when we were talking, I just realized, you know, he, he, there's, a, there's a fruit that they can enjoy is because he, in his life, there, you see faith. I grew up in a surrounding of faith. I grew up in somebody who believed in me. And that is not necessarily the way he grew up. But because he stayed rooted in God, faithful to his plan, faithful in his word, there were good fruits coming out of his life and I as his son benefited. Can you see that? That is just grace. I don't know why I'm blessed. But I am. But the question is, what do I do now with that? I grew up in a household of faith. In a household where my dad, my mom, they believed in me. Do I keep it like that? Just think, all right, that's awesome. Or do I say, I'm going to make sure that my kids can experience the same. I had in my life a couple of people that invested into my life. That put seed into my life. They put the Word of God in my life. They prophesied into my life. They showed me a role model. They went before me. They paved the way. 
And I'm forever grateful for it. One of the guys is Brendan Brown and I actually asked him if he would send a video because he was my small group leader and he was uh, my kind of my, my pastor when I did theology studies in Sydney, Australia. And he didn't know me when he thought, you know what, I'm going to take this guy onto shopping spree because he needs new clothes and then I'm going to take him into my small group and then I'm going to, you know, he didn't know all the stuff that God has called me for, but he chose to put seed into my lives and I'm forever grateful for those two years. And let me quickly have a look what he's saying, why he's doing that. Hi everyone, it's Brendan Brown here from Hillsong Church in San Francisco. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Dan asked me to just share why I invest in the next generation. You know, the Bible says one generation will declare your works to another and speak or tell of your mighty acts. You know, the next generation is important. The next generation are our future leaders. The next generation are pastors or worship leaders or lawyers or governors, sports stars, athletes, musicians. They're the next generation. And we want to see the next generation strong. May this generation's ceilings be the next generation's floors. In other words, where we finish, they begin. Let's get them on our shoulders. You know, when I look at Dan and I see his life, I invested into his life because the scripture talks about in Genesis chapter one, and it says that everything that God created, he put seed in it and it produced after its own kind. You know, when it comes to leaders, when it comes to disciples, what you put into somebody is what will eventually come out. It's the fruit that gets sown into their life. It's the seed that gets sown into their life. And the thing about the seed is inside the seed is the fruit. And when we sow seed, especially sowing the Word of God, which is incorruptible seed, we're going to see lives raised up as once-in-a-generation type leaders, people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, wise, young, a generation that will make a difference. I'm so glad for that. Amen. Do you have the perspective of the next generation? Maybe it is not just the next generation, but it's your neighbor. It's the person in your group, in your small group. Are we sowing seeds? Are we making sure that, like, we say, I want to invest whatever God has given me into some other people. You know why I love interns? I, we have 11 interns, Isaac College interns. Why I love them? I'll just love to invest into their life because one day I'm just excited to celebrate whatever God is doing through and in their lives. And I call myself privileged to invest into them. And I want to just encourage you, look around your life. Where are the people that you can invest into? Let's not just be a people who just are so focused about ourselves that we just lose the track that, hey, whatever God has given us is to be a blessing for others. I love my friend, Dom Hobb. He's a farmer and preacher in the 20s, ISIF 20s. And when I go to his house, I see a mindset of generation. He does never just thinks about his generation because he took over his big farm now. And that's, that's a fruit of the labor of the generation that went before him. And I was talking to him about it. He said, you know what, I built now this milk robot. It's amazing. And I'm going to build a new, like a, a, this storage tower, silo, we call it Swiss German. And he's like, I'm not going to build that for myself. I don't need that. 
but I'm going to build it for my kids. Because I want them, I, I, want, I, I, want to, I want to lay a foundation for them to succeed. Let's have this generational mindset. Amen. And where does it start? It starts being rooted. It starts being faithful to whatever God has called you to be. It starts being in church. It starts being, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give. Some people, they sold into my life through just that they made this possible, whatever I enjoyed, church. Some people sold into my life through a word of knowledge. Some people sold into my life through time. You can sow into other people's life through so many ways. If you have the, the mindset of it. This all thing here is not just for your life. It's for the people that are yet to come. It's for the people who are yet to sit in these chairs. It's for the people that are yet to be born. It's for the people that are yet to come. We're not just being transformed and God bringing fruit in my life just for ourselves. The transformation you go through is the transformation, the blessing of the people who hang around you in the future. Because they don't have to hang around anger anymore. They can hang around love. They can hang around generosity. Can you see it?